position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 60. Holy shit, can you believe that? Number 60 of the Best Linux Games Podcast is being recorded for you on uh, Friday morning, uh, 2015, 12, uh, what is it, 18? Yeah, 18, the 18th of December. And uh, they, not only is it our 60th friggin' episode, I know that there's one question that is tormenting all of you. I can hear it. I, oh, I can even see Ivor, uh, crack engineer Ivor Molina, who, um, due to certain... Um, evidently, uh, there's a union lawsuit. He's not talking to me right now. He's claiming cruel and unusual punishment, um, by the, uh, union of, uh, professional sound engineers and, uh, recording specialists of America, which, by the way, is a, is an organization that I say has no legal profits and refuse to recognize as long as you're in this studio. Hey, i anyway. Um, so we're not on the greatest terms. Uh, but anyway, I know what the real question that's burning all of your minds is. So, Seth, it's 5.55 in the morning, episode 60 of the Best Links Games podcast. How was Star Wars? Which I just saw 
I went to the two o'clock in the morning show, saw it in IMAX, and I'll I'll tell you, um, I thought that it was quite good. That's all I'll say. Um, and now because we have a lot of shit to get through this week, um, let's get straight to our tops. Oh yeah, by the way, let's not gloss over the, the fact that it's the sixtieth episode. Fifty episode fifty didn't really like uh hit me like a ton of bricks. And our one year anniversary was kinda weird for me. Some reason, I don't know if it's just the number or the fact that I've been getting my ass kicked with deadlines and all sorts of end of the year craziness this month. But when I realized three or four days ago that this was going to be episode number 60, my heart swelled with just a sense of overwhelming despair and oblivion as I faced the nihilistic, cruel void into which we are all being fed like so much corn. Oh, um, sorry, that's my speech for, uh, sorry, yeah, I will, can you, yeah, we'll, we'll add to that. That was my speech for the, um, Christmas pageant, the, uh, the K through 12. Um, I'm giving a, uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, Christmas has been canceled. Hey, <laughs> no, actually, Christmas came early and often this year for Linux. Um, and for, for all of us. I mean, if you're at all into games and Linux, this has been a spectacular year. So to that end, um, after I get done recording this today, this morning, hopefully, <laughs> we can only pray at this point. Um, we got a lot of stuff to cover in this episode, but uh, then I'll, I'll immediately afterwards, I will be recording our second annual, actually best uh, game, b- best Linux games of 2015 um, episode, which will air next week, uh, so I can take a day off. Which would be awesome. So this is going to be our last live episode of uh, 2015. So, you know, I'm going to take this moment to uh, wish you all Happy New Year! Let's have some whiskey. Mmm. Mmm. So, <laughs> that's our top story. You know, uh, next week we will have, uh, and this year we're, we're going to formalize it uh, because evidently, like I used to say with uh, the Vinyl Freak podcast with me, your host, Captain Midnight, um, every week I would say, and of course, you know, check back next week. Fuck uh, it. I'm still having fun. <laughs> so it seems like this this podcast is not going anywhere in terms of like, I, I'm, I'm still having a really good time doing it. I'm loving... Um, I'm loving what's going on with Linux. I'm excited about Steam and Linux, the platform in general. I can't wait to see what comes out next year, especially in terms of virtual reality. So if we're going to keep doing this, I suppose our end of year show, our best Linux games, best games for Linux. There we go. That actually makes sense of 2015. That's what we're going to have to call it. Um, should have a set of more formalized rules. I can tell you this much. Our list of candidates for this year, and these are only the games that I've, that came out and I played this year. It's 13 pages long. So I got some work to do in terms of paring that down into something that resembles an award show. And there's going to be psychotic competition for the 
you know, the grand prize, the best game for Linux. Best, best Linux games podcast, best game for Linux of 2015. Yeah, put, carve that and put that on a statue and then frame that over your tombstone developers. Yeah, baby. It begins. Anyway, no, um, if that's not an unwieldy title, I don't know what is. But anyway, Star Wars was excellent. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, let's get to our newer noteworthy this week. We have a bunch of... We have actually... this is Especially this is going to be our last traditional show of 2015. And it's also our 60th episode. I mean, that's crazy. Our 60th episode. There's not enough whiskey in the world to make me not feel a thousand years old right now. But I'm very grateful uh, that you've been here with me uh, for these 60 episodes. So, first off, this game and our new and noteworthy, I swear to God when I found it, when I first noticed this game earlier this um, afternoon, the name of the game is Darkwood. Um, let's, actually, I, I did not pre-screen the video for this, so let's see if, if we get any. So, okay, Darkwood bills itself as, oh yeah! Darkwood builds itself uh, as an unforgiving survivalist horror game with a procedurally generated open world. It tries to blend uh, RPG, roguelike, and adventure elements together into like a seamless kind of um, top-down experience all wrapped up in a big, big helping of fuck you from the difficulty level. Um... It's still in early access. I could have sworn earlier when I first noticed this game today that it said that the game had come out like in December of 2015, but uh, now that I'm recording the podcast, it says that it came out on uh, July 24th, 2014, and it is still in early access. Everyone who has played this game loves it. I'm pretty sure that it's only recently that um, uh, even the early access has come out for Linux. But it might have just been one of the games that I missed. It's a top-down... It's basically everything that you just heard, but it's so much time and attention. Like, when, you, when you're playing this game, it's not like... At this point, like, after... Especially after 2015, the, the term roguelike now just makes me not want to play the game. Roguelike, to me, just means procedurally generated, possibly nasty trash possibly, you know, gamerific gold, but you have to wade through a lot of nasty trash to find the procedurally generated roguelikes that are awesome, um, especially on Linux. But there, there, there are, there are we, we've, we have more than five of them that I can think of off the top of my head. This game does not feel that way at all. This game feels like a real role-playing game. Um, kind of like a real-time kind of uh, Fallout 2 kind of Hotline Miami uh, crossed with, like, uh, the horror elements, uh, horror and strategic elements and resource management elements of Dying Light. I know that sounds insane. Check out a little bit of the video uh, for Darkwood, and you'll see exactly what I mean. I, I-, I bought this game. I played it for about mm, 10 minutes. It, it's scary, man. And you know me. I can't play scary games. They scare me. So I was amazed I last, lasted for 10 minutes. Right now, it, it is a little bit expensive, but 
and it's still in early access, but at just first blush, it it's like a it combines a bunch of things that I really like, a bunch of gameplay concepts that I really like. So, um, into a game that like you've never really that that I've never really a game design that I've never really seen before actually executed. So it's fourteen dollars ninety nine cents. That is dark wood. D a r k w o o d. By the way, we're gonna have like a probably a forty five minute episode this week because God knows everyone has nothing else to do during the holiday season other than listen to fucking me rant at Ivor Molina and babble about new and noteworthy for Linux. Games for Linux. Ah, man, what a great year. Which brings us to our next game in our new and noteworthy, which came out ostensibly also um, for Linux. It saw its Linux release um, a while ago, and I guess I missed it in the Holiday Crush. This is a very special game. I also bought this game. This is called Vendetta Curse of Raven's Cry. Now why? Uh, and ostensibly it came out November 20th, 2015 for Linux. So what is Vendetta Curse of Ra- Raven's Cry? Well, <laughs> oh I, oh I, me buckles. You go polish the Charlie Noble, then I'll tell you everything you need to know. Before, well, when you are still paying to crack Jenny's teacup. Oh, I, there were two games, two games over the last 30 years that I've sailed the seas. Two games. That's all we ever had, just two games. No, two pirate games of note. In my humble opinion, over the last 35 years, eh, almost, th- it's actually more just like straight up 30. First one, Swashbuckler for the Apple IIe, which, um, was the first game. It was like Karatika, but with, um, rapiers. And, uh, you fought an endless series of very high stakes, um, sword fights. On a humongous pirate ship whose galleys evidently never ended. Um, and that was a fabulous game. In terms of like pirate games that actually had real action in them, that's probably my number one. Number two is the reboot of Sid Meier's Pirates that came out I want to say, like, what, 1995, maybe? For the Xbox. It was also my going-away column uh, for my old review column, Kill Everything in the Paper. Um, that game was more about uh, the strategy and um, team building. Who wants to join our team? Um, pillaging, resource management, and career management, actually, of your pirate. Um, and I think that that game is superior to the original Sid Meier's Pirates. But anyway, we've all waited for a long time. <laughs> we've all waited for a very long time for a pirate game that combined the real, you know, strategic, especially like the ship-to-ship battles, the real strategic, bring a small force um, that you've cobbled together yourself in terms of like a, you know your your ship or your fleet and your pirate crew that is manning 
um, those ships, the, that ship or the, the ships in your fleet, and really tear your way across the Spanish main like a fucking plague. Oh, I, um, really managing the, you know, logistical elements of that sort of stuff with the strategic elements of, you know, ship to ship combat and, uh, with, uh, you know, ship to, um, fortress settlement emplacement blah also with you know uh, away party kind of um uh siege based stuff like that waited so long for a game to come along that combined those elements with the excitement of swashbuckler which was a two-dimensional side-scrolling platformer in two, count them, two glorious colors. And one of those colors was black! And that was, that's what we had on the back of our CRT monitors back then. Oh, I, ah, the other color was yellow. Oh, and when we got tired of playing Swashbuckler, which never happened, we got to play Load Runner. And then when we got to play, when we got tired of playing Load Runner, maybe we would have been very good and cleared at least the first 25 levels without dying. Why? Oh, Instead of another 25 years before the mast, our masters will be kind to us and let us play a touch of karateka. Please insert disc seven. Um, anyway, um, so, Vendetta, Curse of Raven's Cry. I've only played this game for an hour. This is an expensive game. Do you hear that? That's the sound of like pure. I love you, Vendetta, Curse of Raven's Cry. That's that's what that sounds like. It combines those two big game ideas with a badass role-playing game. But uh Yeah, like I, I'm I have very high hopes for this. I, I've not I've not had enough time. To play it, um, to where, to the point where I can tell you if it fully realizes, I mean, even if it came halfway close to what I, to, to what I expect from it after having, uh, played it for about an hour, I had a lot of technical difficulties with it too. Um, so I probably only spent like maybe 20 minutes of it, but, uh, basically already it would have to have like almost no game in it at all for it to fall out of my list of the top three pirate games ever made. Now we're not talking about swashbuckling games, because and don't be confused, because that's a whole different category, even though one of the titles that I mentioned is called Swashbuckler. Another great one was Taipei, but that had app that was a text-based game about you smuggling opium. Anyway. Vendetta Curse of Raven's Cry. I, oh, I, I heartily recommend. The only other game that I can think of in terms of piracy that, um, you know, like, uh, has risen to this very small pantheon of tremendous, cause there's not many pirate games, and I tried to explain this to me old friend Jeffy Wise. Pirate games are fundamentally, and for, you know, the vast majority of gaming history, fundamentally too demanding in terms of technological resources and programming and everything 
Um, and there were no systems that could really run anything, even if you had like a great idea, um, for them to be made. And so the, the only very few, only a handful of attempts, many, many were not called, and even fewer, just like Broadway, got a call back. But, Pokemon, I choose you, and <coughs> I heartily recommend, it's available for Linux, that you check out Vendetta Curse of Raven's Cry, um, which is $49.99, and so far I have not regretted buying it. You know, we'll have a full review, I guess, in the new year. But man, this this game has blown my mind. Okay, so that's Vendetta Curse of Raven's Cry. Um, and it's, I've already experienced a lot of bugs, not, but not like, uh, game breaking bugs. Like, there's a lot of, um, not a lot of rough spots. It's just, you'll see. And the compromise, I'm not expecting a perfect pirate game, but I am kind of now expecting maybe the greatest pirate game ever made, ever for any platform or system. So that's Vendetta. Then we have a uh, traditional side-scrolling platformer in the arc in the vein of you know like Super NES arcade eight yeah sixteen bit actually it's like faux sixteen bit this is called Taimumari which is in spite of conventional wisdom that is not the beginning of a sobriety test in Japan. That is actually the name of this game. T-A-I-M-U-M-A-R-I. If you can't tell by the delicious chiptune music that we're listening to, original to the game, which uh, came out on December 16, 2015, side-scrolling platformer. In case you can't tell just by the music... Not only is it a labor of love, enough time and effort went into making this game. Not just a charming labor of love, you know, look at how cute they tried to make a good game. They spent a lot of time on this and they made a really cool side-scrolling platformer. I've only spent like 20 minutes playing it. I had a blast with it though. I can't wait till next week when I, I can sit down and play it some more. Uh, here's what they have to say about it, by the way. Uh, oh yeah! One of the cool things about Taimu Mari is that it's only, they're only asking like $5 at full price and right now, till December 22nd, it's 20% off so you can get it for $3.99. And yeah, the plot is ridiculous and there's tons of, tons of introductory like, way too long introductory um, text blocks that, like, it's awesome. It's awesome. But here's what they have to say. Retro-style platform game in keeping with the best traditions of games of our childhood. Take control of the Himari, the young female wizard traveling across various ages to settle the balance in time across the whole world. I really like this game. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So that's T-A-I-M-U-M-A-R-I. Side-scrolling platformer. A la Demi 8 slash 16 bit. It's more like a Neo Geo game. Cause it's got some, and they do all sorts of crazy shit in this game. I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna ruin it. Check it out. Uh, if that's what you're like. But, what 
what 60th episode of the Best Lynch Games podcast could possibly be complete without the man who started it all, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, and literally, for me, he really, it was really this speech that I heard on, um, I think the Linus Action Show, um, I guess two years ago. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can dig this up. Ivor is, of course, on strike. We are going to go for like fucking 45 minutes. 40 minutes. We're going to try to cut it at 40 minutes. But this is worth trying to find. Um, hang on. Oh, yes, it was 2013. It was 20 years ago today. Mm, the man who brought it all. Let's see. Oh, yes. It was February 7th, 2013. Valve founder Gabe Newell. A view. Oh, fuck you, YouTube. Five extra gigs for the same price. Suck a dick, YouTube. Why don't you die in a fire while I let your ad play? I'll let your... And my oven is on fire. This is great. I have the fire. I'm throwing YouTube into it immediately. Oh, now we have no sound. This is magnificent. Oh, that's because I just plugged it in. So, tweet back and, and email back. And Shut up! Price performance of the PC means uh, that we as a gaming industry can leverage off of that and take advantage of that. And the funny thing is, when you sort of sit down and do this analysis, is... Not that, you know, you're worried about, okay, what is, what's gonna happen on the console side? It's actually scarier to think what's gonna happen, what Apple's gonna do. Yeah. Apple has this huge unit advantage. Uh, well, you know, I also have a huge unit advantage. I don't like to brag about it, but that's Gabe Newell from 2013 at the Dice Summit when he revealed that Steam was gonna really actually change the entire, not just the entire, um, uh, face of the technological world to the gaming, to the PC gaming, but really, <laughs> really, uh, shift the balance of power for the first time ever towards the idea of community driven games, meaning, you know, you build a strong community with your game. And then you never have to worry about keeping it constantly updated or whatever. Well, I mean, you got, I mean, you do. You have to always worry. After you create a game, it's like, it's like having a child. Um, you know, you have to constantly worry about it, but you don't have to develop for it specifically as much as you would otherwise. Beyond that, he also realized in that speech that, um, it's a virtuous circle. Where, you know, the fans of the game are the people, the people who are eating the dog food absolutely know how they want it to taste, whether or not they have the, you know, programming skills or whatever. So those are the people whose ideas you want to draw from. And guess what? When you draw from 15 million people's ideas, and so we'll, we'll limit, we'll eliminate like all the cruft out of that. Let's say, you know, for one software project, you draw on, you know, the user-created levels, you know, user-created mods, you know, blah, 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 of, like, maybe only a thousand really, really dedicated fans who see the potential of your game. Not just the potential, but really like your game and really like its engine, and, and you provide them with the tools to make that happen. Well, where's the logical place for that? That's on Linux. 
Because there's no way else that you can make better games than by using that model. And where else are you going to make them? You're going to make them on Linux. So, our next new and noteworthy title of this <laughs> episode 60 is none other than also the man, the myth, the legend, and one of actually, seriously, my, one of my personal heroes. Because that speech, I cried when I watched that speech the first time. And I watched it that, like the day after he gave that dice speech. Look it up if you want to want a succinct reason why there's this why there is why I bothered to do sixty episodes of this podcast and why like finding out that Steam was backing was literally throwing its full faith and credit behind Linux why that changed the world for me go watch that hour long speech it's an amazing speech from soup to nuts but now enough of that speech now I bring you Gabe Newell. The Simulator! A game by Francis Ford Coppola on Steam. Hello, Mr. Newell. So, now also with the Steam mode, this is Gabe Newell Simulator, which if you do one thing before you hit either uh, Christmas or New Year's Eve, Please do yourself a favor and watch the video, the Steam video for the Gabe Newell Simulator. That's N-E-W-E-L-L, in case you have a hard time finding it. Here's what they have to say. <laughs> I bought this game, by the way, just because I have to, because I, 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 I back the platform. <laughs> Such a brilliant idea. In Gabe Newell Simulator, you can manage Steam releasing and creating new games. And also in the story mode, you can play as Gaben and help him in his fight against other software house, talk with his employees, and decide the fate of Half-Life 3. Go watch the video. Go watch the video. Do it. Do it. A lot of people do not recommend this game. I... I have a hard time have a hard time understanding what kind of sociopathic humorless prick you have to be to f- I mean like even if this was the worst game I'd ever played I'm still going to give this a thumbs up <laughs> but uh you might not mean that like I you know I, I wouldn't like demand that you buy it on the podcast or anything but it's $2.98 and the video I love is worth two dollars and ninety eight cents. So that's the Gabe Newell Simulator. Get your Gabe on, bitches. Bring that steam. Bring the rockets to all the motherfuckers. Okay, so uh, <laughs> next time I knew I know worthy. I know I'm ha- I, man. I if I sound punchy, if I sound completely fucking drunk, I'm actually not completely drunk. I'm just. I'm, uh, man, it's the end of the year. Can't get my ass. All right, so up next in our new and noteworthy, we have whoa. Steam is refusing to play with me. Here we go. It's like saying, "Seth, these chains, I forged in life." Why won't it? 
And well, anyway, okay, well, I can I can go to my library here. So anyway, our next uh, that was Gabe Newell, <laughs> Newell Simulator. Up next, we have Commander Cool Two. Um, that's C O O L space two. Uh, where's the store page for this? I haven't seen the video. I, I've seen the video for this, but I haven't listened to it. Commander Cool. Two is a four-player local co-op retro-styled adventure that is destined to be one of the coolest games of 2015! <laughs> oh yeah, bitches! 30-plus levels of gameplay. It also includes an editor. as a single-player campaign that you can play with four people, you know, co-op, local. But it is a straight-up, old-school, side-scrolling platformer. Um... And it includes a level editor. Anytime a game includes a level editor, I'm like, oh, hey. I take a really hard look at the video. If the game doesn't look like it sucks, I'm like, oh, look. I don't have to make this engine now. I can just make levels in this game for the rest of, you know, 10 years. That's exactly my impression from Commander Cool, which has a, like, really cool sense of humor, too. Um, uh, Commander Cool 2 came out December 17th, 2015, at least for Linux. I remember, I somehow remember hearing about it earlier. It has full controller support, but here's the best part. Now through December 24th, Commander Cool 2 is 15% off from its normal price tag of like $3.99. Or no, $2.99 to the rock bottom deal of $2.54. And so far the reviews have been very positive, 1,205 reviews. Um, I think that's not platform specific, of course. Um, but that should give you an idea of, you know, the level quality and stuff. And it has a level editor. And it has local multiplayer. So if you're looking f- to scratch that local multiplayer itch, like, you know, especially if you have, like, you know, a Steam controller and you, and, uh, like maybe a couple of your old Xbox wired controllers and you're looking for something you can play on the big screen, like, you know, with your kids or, or with, Hopefully with someone else's kids before you put them to work, you know. I remember eating coffee. I don't remember not so much the robots and the lasers and everything. Um, anyway, um, you know, if you're looking for that kind of game, Commander Cool 2 looks like it might scratch that itch. And then finally, in our new and noteworthy, we have a game that I cannot believe ever actually managed to make it out of early access. I, I seriously never thought it would happen. Nuclear Throne, which is builds itself as a post-apocalyptic roguelike top-down shooter, but not the final hope of humanity post-apocalyptic, but humanity that's extinct and mutants and monsters now roam the world post-apocalyptic. Fight your way through the wastelands with powerful weaponry, collecting radiation to mutate some new powers and unlock more characters along the way. This is probably, like, one of the best roguelike, bull hell roguelikes I've ever played. In fact, bullet hell is not an apt ter- Oh, actually, ah, I just saw the tags for this. Someone did put bullet hell on here. In bullet hell, it's not a bullet hell game. It's a top-down, um, procedurally generated roguelike where managing your ammunition, managing your shots is just as important as killing every fucking thing that you see. It's it's a great game. It will suck hundreds of hours of your life away. And um 
came to Linux December 5th, 2015. Um, man, I remember watching this game. And oh, yeah, by the way, uh, everyone loves it. Um, oh, reviews have been overwhelmingly positive from, like, all platforms of uh, 4,345 reviews. This game works pretty well with a Steam controller, although, like, I... I'm having a hard time giving up the mouse for this game specifically because I, I played it before um, I ever had a Steam controller and before I think it was ever on Linux. Um, I played it with a trackball and stuff. And so, like, I just, it's weird. I'm having a, can't make that shift. But anyway, it is a fucking awesome game and it's a little expensive. It's worth every fucking cent of it. Uh, it's not a review, but it, this is not a full review, but I would say it's absolutely worth $11.99. You can wait for a while, though. I mean, I'm sure it'll go on sale and sometime in the next three months. Um, if, you know, you don't want to... I mean, everyone's getting strapped right now because we're coming down to the wire on that Christmas thing. Yeah, that's why I canceled it. That's why I've been raising an undead army of cybergenically enhanced... Toddlers and corpses with mind control laser robot feet to help describe to the other children of the world at Christmas. Christmas is already past, kids. You gotta show up to work tomorrow, 9 a.m., your new career as an insurance adjuster. Um, and to spread the word, therefore. And those who show up at 9 o'clock, I mean 5 to 9, those who punch in at 5 to 9 tomorrow in their new careers um, as, a, as an insurance adjuster, they will be the first lucky 10% of the population of children that will not have their daily portion of gin um, suspended from them. And those who don't show up, uh, of course, are subject to compulsory termination and will be hunted till the day they die because... You gotta be a team player here. So remember, Christmas was a thing of the past. Anyway, so that's Nuclear Throne. T-H-R-O-N-E. Um, I can really take or leave the art style of this game, by the way. It's really the actual rock-solid gameplay that makes Nuclear Throne such a high recommendation. Um, so yeah. We'll recap our new and noteworthy. Uh, we had uh, Darkwood... Vendetta, Curse of Raven's Cry, that's the pirate game, that's 50 bucks. Taimumari, which is a side, really cheap side-scrolling, um, platformer with a cute chick with a sword, awesome chiptune soundtrack, and great artwork, that's T-A-I-M-U-M-A-R-I. Then we had The Gabe Newell Simulator, where you, too, can become Gabe Newell and change the world! Um, then we had Commander Cool 2, and finally Nuclear Throne. And, uh, cause we're running late, we'll, there's only one deal this, this, well, two deals this, uh, this week. Well, three deals this week. Let's do them really fast with Sans Music. These are three deals that you really might want to consider picking up this week. First one is Sword Coast Legends. That's the awesome sequel. Some people love it, some people hate it, but it is brand fucking new. And it, I mean, man, the videos for this game look, Incredibly impressive, and this this deal finally allowed me to pick it up at a cost that I thought was not just absurd. Um, Sword Coast Legends, right now through December 22nd, is 50% off at $19.99. 
Also, Sword Coast Legends allegedly, because um, I bought it, so I don't know if this actually works. It they they're saying that they're having a free getting to know you. Um, that Sword Coast Legends is free to download and play now through Sunday. I don't know if that works or not because I actually bought the game. Silly me. Next game that you really shouldn't miss in terms of deals: Descent Underground. Go back and look at the, uh, listen to the archives if you want to know how I really feel about Descent Underground. Oh my god! Descent Underground right now is also 50% off, now through December 22nd, $14.99. Real fast, those of you who don't know what Descent Underground is, you are, it's, 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 um, it's complicated. <laughs> Is a first one of the old oldest of the old school first person shooters. Now completely updated, but it's not just a first person shooter. It's actually almost like a flight simulator where you control um, numerous degrees of motion and are able to strafe vertically, horizontally, and etc. And combinations thereof while also rotating your actual front guns and magnificent game. And I only waited 20 years, so right now you can get to Send Underground half off $14.99. Highly recommend that. And then finally, one of the greatest games that will forever live in Best Links Games podcast history. Tiny, parentheses, male, and parentheses, cartoon nipples. Cosmocoria. C-O-S-M-O-C-H-O-R-I-A. One of, it's like a cross between Katamari Daimashi and a shooter and an indie game, and it's really a lot of fucking fun. And it never goes on sale. Cosmicoria right now is 50% off. It's down from 10 bucks to $4.99 now through December 21st. So we had Sword Coast Legends, Descent Underground, and Cosmicoria. And with that, I'm just going to say, because, you know, we will have another episode next week, but that will be like on fuck. I'll be, I'll be on the twenty fifth. That'll that will be Christmas Eve. That's gonna be sad for me. Um But we will be here. It'll be our, you know, best of best of uh but that'll be pre recorded. So I'd like to take this moment to thank you all so much for listening to us. Even though this episode and maybe the last couple of episodes have been a little weird. I mean, between technical problems and actual real-life commitments and the holiday crush, it's been a brutal slog this month in... But never, never is it really that brutal of a slog um, in terms of actually doing the podcast. And I, I, I just wanted to thank you for listening um, and have a happy and a healthy um, holiday season. Merry Christmas! Happy New Year, and um, thank you for, you know, your feedback. Thank you for... I, God, I got a lot of weird email like two weeks ago. Um, hopefully I replied to all of it. Best way to find me is on Twitter. But yeah, thank you so much for listening and, um, and also for telling your friends and stuff. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's hearts and minds, baby. Just ask Gabe. Just jump in that Gabe Newell simulator. You'll figure it out, motherfuckers. So happy new year. Hello, happy, you know, happy holidays. Happy new year. Be careful out there, and uh, get your Linux games on, bitches. Can't wait till next year for VR. All right, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> 
the best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.